As we continue our study of Hebrews chapter 3, we welcome you to the Radio Bible Course. If you have your Bibles, turn to Hebrews chapter 3. It reads, Therefore, holy brethren who share in a heavenly call, consider Jesus, the apostle and high priest of our confession. He was faithful to him who appointed him, just as Moses also was faithful in God's house. Yet Jesus has been counted worthy of as much more glory than Moses, as the builder of a house has more honor than the house. For every house is built by someone, but the builder of all things is God. Now Moses was faithful in all God's house as a servant, to testify to the things that were to be spoken later. But Christ was faithful over God's house as a son, and we are his house if we hold fast our confidence and pride in our hope. One may wonder why the writer to the Hebrews compares Jesus with Moses. Why bother proving that Jesus is superior over the lawgiver of the Old Testament? The answer to that question comes from the book of Hebrews itself. Anyone who reads this entire book will become aware of the fact that these Hebrew believers, or at least professors, had put Jesus on the same level as Moses. Now, both of these men were prophets, of course. God sent Moses to deliver his people out of bondage, and God sent Jesus to deliver those who would believe in him out of bondage of the devil. Now, that came up in chapter 2. We read that in verse 15 and to deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong bondage. Christ's deliverance was an eternal one. Moses' deliverance was a temporary one. They were in bondage in Egypt, but we have been in bondage to sin and have been set free. Now the writer feels a necessity to exalt Jesus to the point where these Jews will not be going back to the law of Moses, to their rituals, to their priests, and to their sacrifices. They apparently had been doing that. Some were returning to the rituals and laws which Moses gave to Israel, even after claiming that they believed in Jesus Christ. Now that's serious because it indicates either some ignorance about who Christ is and what his work accomplished, or it indicates a failure to believe in Jesus Christ to save us from our sins. Now, the author wants to exalt Jesus so that the new covenant will be far more important to these Hebrews than the old covenant, which they certainly revered. He wants to point out that Jesus has a better sacrifice He's a better priest, with a better covenant, and he is superior to Moses. Well, Moses certainly was a great leader. You name the people in the Old Testament who are the great ones, and Moses is one of a handful. Yes, there was Abraham and Moses and David, and you can't name many more who belong in the same league with them. Remember the people of Israel crossed the Red Sea as God opened up the sea, and they were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. He was their leader. 
He was their representative before God. He was their leader through the wilderness. And before even getting into the wilderness, he was the one God chose to be his spokesman to Pharaoh. It was Moses who received the law on Mount Sinai and gave it to the people. It was Moses who was patient, meek, and an intercessor. When God wanted to destroy all these children of Israel, it was Moses who pled for them. When God sent serpents in judgment upon Israel for their murmuring, it was Moses who prayed, and God gave the bronze serpent as a remedy for snake bite. Moses was a prophet, and he prophesied about the coming Christ. And Jesus also testified to the fact that Moses was a prophet, for in John chapter 5, he said it would be Moses who would be their judge. If you had believed Moses, Jesus said you would have believed me, for he wrote of me. In verse 2 of Hebrews chapter 3, Moses is said to have been faithful in God's house. Eighteen times in the last two chapters of the book of Exodus, we find this expression, as God commanded. For example, in the 40th chapter of the book of Exodus, which tells about setting up the tabernacle, it says, Moses placed the table in the tent of meeting on the north side of the tabernacle outside the curtain and set out the bread on it before the Lord as the Lord commanded him. He placed the lampstand in the tent of meeting opposite the table on the south side of the tabernacle and set up the lamps before the Lord as the Lord commanded. And the next several verses say, as the Lord commanded. He did what God told him to do. So he was faithful. Unfortunately, Christians don't have as high a regard for Moses as the people of the Old Testament did. They knew their Bibles better than we do. God himself gave a strong testimony for the faithfulness of Moses. In Numbers chapter 12, listen to it. Miriam and Aaron began to talk against Moses because of the Cushite wife, for he had married a Cushite. Has the Lord spoken only through Moses, they asked? Hasn't he also spoken through us? And the Lord heard this. Now Moses was a very humble man, more humble than anyone else on the face of the earth. At once the Lord said to Moses, Aaron and Miriam, come out to the tent of meeting, all three of you. So the three of them came out. Then the Lord came down in a pillar of a cloud, and he stood at the entrance of the tent and summoned Aaron and Miriam. When both of them stepped forward, he said, Listen to my words. When a prophet of the Lord is among you, I reveal myself to him in visions. I speak to him in dreams. But this is not true of my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. With him I speak face to face, clearly and not in riddles. He sees the form of the Lord. Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? The anger of the Lord burned against them, and he left them. Here is God's own testimony of this special place which Moses had as a servant of God. And the writer compares, then, Jesus 
with this great, great man of the Old Testament. You see, Moses was not an ordinary prophet. He was a type of Jesus. His leadership was disputed, it was rejected, and it was challenged. He had married a Gentile. The Cushite woman was a Gentile. And perhaps this is a picture of how the church, the Gentile church, would someday become a bride of Jesus Christ. That's a message to Israel from their own champion, Moses, that God cares about Gentiles. Anyone reading the Old Testament will have to concede that Moses indeed was great, not because the Jews say so, but because the Word of God proclaims it. Moses' name is found 800 times in the Bible. His name appears in 15 Old Testament books and 12 New Testament books. You won't find a man mentioned, any other man from the Old Testament mentioned, as often as Moses. But in verses 3 and 4 of Hebrews chapter 3, the writer tells us that Jesus is greater, and he also was faithful. He spoke God's word to men also. I'm reminded of John chapter 8, verse 38, where Jesus said, I speak of what I have seen with my Father. And two verses later in John 8, 40, But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth, which I heard from God. Now why is Jesus greater? The writer tells us Jesus is the builder of the household. Moses was a member of the household. Jesus was over the household. Moses was a servant. Notice verse 3 of Hebrews chapter 3. Yet Jesus has been counted worthy of as much more glory than Moses as the builder of a house has more honor than the house. Now we're not talking here about a building that is a structure in which we live. That's made clear by the end of verse 6, which says, And we are his house, if we hold fast our confidence and pride in our hope. The word house here should be understood as household, that is, a family of people, not as a building. This is similar to what James said in Acts chapter 15 when he quoted from Amos chapter 9, After these things I will return, and I will rebuild the tabernacle of David which has fallen, and I will rebuild its ruins, and I will restore it, in order that the rest of mankind may seek the Lord, and all the Gentiles who are called by my name, says the Lord, who makes these things known from of old. When he talks about rebuilding the tabernacle of David, he's not talking about a tent or a palace. He is talking about the dynasty of David. And this, of course, is prophetic. It's talking about the son of David, who someday will come and restore that dynasty and rule over all the earth from the throne of David. So this is the idea of the word house. It's the household or the dynasty. Moses, then, was the one who was faithful over the household of God, that is, the children of Israel. But he was also a member of it. 
Now twice in verses 2 and in verse 5, Moses is called faithful. Can God say anything better than that about a man? I don't think so, because it reflects Moses' trust in the living God. And I might add this, God is looking for people who will believe him, and it's faith that pleases God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. To be faithful is to have the highest regard for the one who has spoken and the one we serve. Now, what's the message that the reader would get from these passages in chapter 3? They would understand that Moses was only a servant, but Jesus was a son. Now, sons are heirs. Servants are not. A son is in the place of honor. A servant is not. Moses was in God's house, but Jesus was over it. Now listen to verse 5 again. Now Moses was faithful in all God's house as a servant to testify to the things that were to be spoken later. But Christ was faithful over God's house as a son. As a servant, Moses had the responsibility to testify to the things that were to be spoken later. That comes at the end of verse 5. And that again is intended to exalt Jesus because he's the one who would come later and Moses would prophesy about him. From time to time, listeners have asked if these studies on Hebrews are available on cassette tapes. They are. For information on teaching tapes, write to the Radio Bible Course. Until next week, this is Nick Calavota reminding you that the word gospel means good news. Our new mailing address is RBC Ministry, Post Office Box 14916, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, 70898. The website is rbcword.org.